0: Shorty, what's up with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you look, you fine. We got to cutting it, it off. Nobody kidding, fuck on my line. I'ma keep it above with y'all. But well, Shorty, I'm trying to make you mine Don't make it too easy, I
1: wanna try. She
0: looking too good, can't let it go by, oh yeah. Think i won the lotto. Yeah.
1: This little mulatto. Oh, yeah. She yeah. could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think i won the lotto. Jordan and I recap the Nuggets versus Heat game one. All right, here with the boys, we're going to be recapping Nuggets and Heat game one. Pretty surprising game one. I mean, not not for all of us. I kind of thought it was going to go this way. I think some other people did as well, but um, some people had the Heat really keeping up with the Nuggets. Um, the thing that surprised me the most was the Heat's sh- shooting. They really... I think the numbers kind of caught up in the end. I think they ended up shooting around 31%, but it was not that way for a long period, and most of the game they were shooting really poorly. They set a record. They only shot two free throws. Um, that seemed about right, though. I mean, they they weren't necessarily driving too much. There's a lot to get into in this game. Um, the thing that stuck out to me is just Jokic is the best player on earth right now, and the way that he is able to dismantle a defense and really take what a defense gives him is just extremely impressive. And I'm so impressed with how the Nuggets refuse to get flustered or, you know, get in their own way. Um, So I wanted to start with you, Jordan. How did you feel about that Jokic performance and what did you take away from the Nuggets performance in general?
0: Yeah, awesome Jokic game. I think he had 10 assists at halftime and like six points
1: nine nine assists yeah and two field goals and then the rest of his points were from uh field like from free throws
0: yeah so he was like 2 for 2 um with nine assists and i thought he just completely dominated and took over that first half without even shooting the ball really so i mean that that first quarter was kind of dominated by Aaron Gordon and all the matchup issues that the heat were having with the smaller guys getting switched onto him or having to match up with him in transition and jokic found gordon a couple times there but i mean overall he just sees the court so well he's never selfish he doesn't care about scoring um and he just he he literally knows what's gonna happen before it happens and he just makes the right play every time so awesome game from him and then again like he uh he ended with what 27 points and he only took 12 shots so i think he was like eight for 12 or something and he just shows again and again that he can take over scoring when he wants to but honestly, he's just as happy being a passer and facilitating and getting every,
1: everyone else involved, which he did. Letty, you were on this early. You talked about the Heat going to zone. They didn't go to zone a ton. Um, they actually switched to it when Jokic was off the floor. Do you think that they're going to stick with that, or do you think they're going to make more adjustments? Because to me, um, I thought the Nuggets offense was still really solid when Jokic was off the floor, and they were really attacking that zone. Um which is not good for the Heat.
2: Yeah, it's still – the Nuggets were still playing very well against the zone. They were getting the ball into the middle of the zone. They were just missing open shots. I don't think the zone was as effective – or it was about as effective as we thought it was going to be, which was not really effective at all versus the Nuggets because yeah, what they do on offense, the amount of times that they passed up a good shot for a great shot in that game was – it's unreal. Like, Jokic – has his back to the basket seven feet away can easily shoot a little hook shot push shot that he loves but he'll whip one across the court to Bruce Brown in the corner for a wide open three like the only adjustment that I really saw from the heat was playing Highsmith more and putting him on Jamal Murray just to make him a little more uncomfortable especially when he comes off the pick and roll just to show a little more length and then bam can hedge a little bit and recover um I, I don't I don't know what you do like I he picked that. I mean, the Nuggets picked that part, uh, picked that zone part. And I think you just have to let Jokic shoot, I guess. And that's how you beat. And if he wins like that, then you live with it. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know.
1: Yeah. But see, Bam Adebayo finally showed up. How did you feel about his performance? I thought
3: he played great. Um, We were talking about um last pod, the push shots that you know, AD was kind of getting and and that Bam could possibly get over Jokic and we saw those in full effect. Um, Bam got to his spots on the elbow and kind of uh, short corner-esque and uh, finished really well. But my biggest takeaways, I got two of them. Uh, Highsmith, 18 points off the bench and two steals. Just an absolute spark plug. Uh, Also picking up Jamal Murray full court, absolutely slowed this Nuggets team down and changed the game for sure. Uh, I think when that started happening, I think the Heat uh, kind of found their rhythm. Um, and we're able to get stops on defense and kind of put some pressure on the Nuggets late in the game. Although it was too little too late. Uh, my second takeaway is that this could have, this could possibly be the worst game possible for Miami to miss shots. Nuggets only put up one Oh four. Uh, we're accustomed to them putting up about 120 every game. It seems like they, the Nuggets only shot 30% from three, which I don't think will ever happen again. Uh, Miami only put up 93, obviously a little disappointing. Struess was a no show. Kayla Martin was a no show, but I don't know if, Miami could have picked the worst game, missed our shots. I don't think Denver's going to shoot that bad again. So, um, I, I I sense some frustration, in, in Jimmy, uh, we'll see how they respond in game two. But I I, I expect a much uh, higher volume, uh, high volume of offense uh, out of the out of Denver next game.
1: Yeah, one thing that stuck out to me, uh, you mentioned Caleb Martin. I think people take for granted Michael Porter Jr.'s defensive ability, number one and number two, just his overall size. He's like a sneaky six ten that you don't really, it doesn't really jump out to you when you're watching him play, um, because Denver's a relatively big team. But when you see him against a guy like Caleb Martin, who I believe is probably around 6'5", 6'6", he blocked Caleb Martin a couple of times driving in, you can tell that his length was really affecting him um, just trying to drive or putting up shots. And I was really impressed with Michael Porter Jr.'s defensive prowess in this game and in the last couple of series. Um, The last couple of seasons before that, he was not a great defender, so it's been really... Interesting to watch his evolution. You can tell that he's sort of figured out the player that he's supposed to be um, Yes, he catches and shoots a lot of a lot of shots sometimes almost to a frustrating amount, but he's learned that he's a shoot he's a relative 3 and D guy with great length and um, He just you know, obviously he has great scoring ability, but his defense has really been impressive uh, this series so far I want to go back to what lady said um in, this, in the beginning, it seemed like you were a little bit higher on the heat as we were texting. After this game, though, obviously, it seems like you're a little bit off of them. And you said that there's no adjustments that you think they can make. Is there really nothing, you think?
2: I mean, I'm just so scared for them. Like, yeah. this game, it seemed like Jokic didn't even do everything Jokic could do. It seemed like he was being a little bit lazy and still put up 27 and what at 14. So... I think Jokic has another gear to get to. Like Buttsy said, they shot 30% from 3. I think the heat will hit their shots next game. Jimmy looked tired. Look for him to attack more next game, hopefully get to the cup. But um defensively, I don't know how what do you do? Like they couldn't switch. You can't if you can't switch for 48 minutes. How are you going to guard a team especially when they're running back screens with Aaron Gordon who's a fucking house and Michael Porter Jr. like I I don't, it's so frustrating because I want to see a good series. The Nuggets are just a freaking wagon.
1: Yeah. Not to mention Bruce Brown coming off the bench. He's a lot bigger. He's probably around the size of the majority of the guys on the heat bench. Um, And then you have the switch between Jamal and Jokic on the pick, man. It's really interesting seeing that sometimes Jamal Murray sets the pick. Sometimes Jokic sets the pick. And um, it's just interesting how versatile they are. Jokic's passes are just insane. Even the most simple passes are the right ones. There was a play, I think, second or third quarter. He gets doubled in the post, and he just kind of, as the third guy in is helping on to him, he just kind of chucks it up over, overhead right to Jamal, who hits a three right in his face. I'm with you, Letty. I thought they were going to go to five, just kind of not counting Jimmy out. I actually feel closer to a, towards a sweep at this point. Um, this was the game that you would kind of give the heat, you know, with, the Denver being off for so long. Um, my dad made the argument, like you see when teams come back after the all-star break, they're kind of out of it for a little bit. And maybe that's just from not playing basketball for a while, but I kind of thought that this might be the game where maybe they, you know, get out of it a little bit just because they haven't been playing, but no, they looked extremely locked in and the heat looked very tired coming off of that intense game seven against Boston. So they're up by you, nine. first quarter. Yeah, it's insane. So yeah. Shout out to Butsy. He gave us the, uh, nuggets minus three and a half first quarter bet that we all tailed and that hit very nicely. So
3: it was it was funny. Just a just a quick note. Uh, I I kind of agreed with Max. Or I was kind of siding with Max on the pod where I was like, I think Denver might have a little bit of a hangover from from not playing for nine days. Uh, but yet the game, the the bet of my life, the bet of my career. I texted basically oh, yeah. everyone I know that gambled, and I and I gave them that pick, and it was an absolute winner.
1: I had eleven cents in my account, and I put a ten dollar free like bonus bet on that, and it brought me back. That was so. Thank you, Butsy.
0: Jordan, go ahead. I don't know if you should be revealing that you had eleven cents in your account. Hey, I got nine <laughs> nine sixty
1: three back, Jordan. So relax. You guys really
2: yeah, need yeah. the pound to take off, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta roll those winnings over. We'll see what Butsy has cooking next, for next game.
1: I got a lot of I'm gonna... on Denver, so I'll be I'll be I'll be all <laughs> okay. right. Okay,
0: <laughs> okay, that's that's true. Um. I want to make the argument for the Heat, not because I believe
2: the Heat are going to (laughs) win.
1: I do this every time, dude. Haven't you learned? (laughs) No, 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 no. no. Listen, everyone's always
2: Zags. zags. That's what happens.
1: (laughs) First
0: of all, yes, I zag. Second of all, you guys went too far there. I agree that the Nuggets are going to win, but I think you guys went way too far with. Max saying they're gonna get swept. Like,
1: oh, I said first five, of all, maybe.
0: prisoner of the moment. Max, we know this. Max <laughs> changes his opinion after <laughs> every reaction, game. <laughs> <laughs> no, this isn't an overreaction. Listen, the Heat played a horrible offensive game. Halo Martin, Max Strus, Duncan Robinson combined for six points. Uh, they shot a combined two for fifteen, I believe, from three. That's not gonna happen again. Jimmy Butler, playoff Jimmy. Had 13 points, and honestly, to me, looked passive and un- disengaged and like a little bit like he just didn't want to be there. No. Um, Are we going to just discount that the Nuggets had nine days off and the Heat had to travel to Denver and adjust to altitude after a seven-game series? Second of all, there's a lot the Heat can do to attack the Nuggets. You guys are right that the Nuggets' offense, it's very hard for the Heat to guard. You have to rely on them missing a couple shots and you have to rely on yourself, you know, getting stops in big moments. Um, but the heat can score on this team. We saw them get a ton of open shots. Jokic really struggles in that pick and roll. It One of two things happens. They mentioned it on the broadcast. When there's a guy coming off a pick and roll and Jokic is guarding, he does one of two things. It's either he's dropped way too far back and Kyle Lowry steps in and hits two wide open threes like we saw him do. Or he comes up and he can't guard the guy and then someone else gets open or Jokic gets beat. He's very attackable on pick and rolls. I think that's going to be huge if there is ever a close game in this series, which I think there will be. Now, like Butsy mentioned, I think Highsmith is key to this series. I think he's the one guy that you could find on the heat bench that you can actually switch, like Letty was saying, The Heat couldn't switch all game. Highsmith can switch. He can defend. Um, If he knocks down open shots and gives you anything offensively, he's a plus because of his energy and his size and his defensive ability. I'm not saying the Heat are going to win. I'm saying they played a terrible offensive game. They couldn't hit a shot for their life. They got wide open looks all night. I think they're going to continue to do that. And I think Jimmy's going to show up way more than he did tonight. This was not a playoff Jimmy game. So, I'm sticking with my pick of Nuggets and six. I'm not gonna be the prisoner of the moment guy and the game one overreaction guy. Thank you very
1: much. You've been off the Nuggets. You had the <laughs> Lakers beating the Nuggets. You hate this Nuggets team. Just I, I don't know. hate the Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> you do. And it's yeah, all right.
0: Yeah, you definitely all right.
1: Do. um do you think they are selling out on the BAM um mid-range jumper? Because it seemed like they weren't they weren't having Jokic close out on that a ridiculous amount. I don't
3: I mean, know if he can. Like well, Why like, like, would they? That's like, Bam's like, favorite shot. I know. Like Jordan said, Jokic really struggled on defense last night. I thought he got exposed pretty bad, whether it was Bam or whether it was in the pick and roll. Uh, Jokic did not have a good offensive game. If they can continue to spread the floor like they did and they're going to hit shots, we know that. Um, I also I, – I, I i had this thought last night after the game.
0: Wait, but like, hang on. Did you just – did you misspeak there? Did you say Jokic yeah. did not have a good offensive yeah. game? I just
3: – Defensive game.
0: I meant to uh, say defensive okay. game. Okay, I, apologize. Okay. Gotcha.
3: I apologize. I apologize. I missed. You both. knew what he
1: was saying, Jake.
0: No, I didn't. I actually didn't. I actually got confused. I apologize. You talking about Jokic Jimmy. Sh-
3: Jokic should not have a great defensive game. I had this thought, and I've been and I've been thinking this after last night. Is 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 Jimmy Butler like? Is he that good, or is he just oh, like? No, no, uh, no, no, no. Just, just hear me out. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. He has had multiple kind of games where, like last night against the Celtics, he had three of them in a row where he looked disengaged. He looked slow. He looked very, very passive and people forget that he wasn't even an all-star halfway through the season. Um, I don't know if that's because he just saves it all for the playoffs and he's just a straight playoff guy or what, but like expecting playoff Jimmy to show up every night has not been reliable. Um, So I kind of want to get your guys' opinion on that because it was, it's something that I was thinking about and and I just want to propose to the panel because I I I've noticed it uh, in the Celtics series. And then last night as well, Jordan.
0: No one on this panel thinks that the Heat are going to win. So I don't think anyone's going to argue that he's has to show up every night. I think they're going to win two games. And I think Jimmy's going to have two huge games, which we saw him do in the bubble. And they lost in six to the Lakers. So I don't think, like, they beat the Celtics because the role players were awesome and Jimmy was very, very good. Jimmy didn't really take over that series although he had big moments. I think he's going to take over a couple of these games late, and I think he's going to win them um, for the Heat. He doesn't have to show up every night because they're not going to win this series. The only way they win this series is if Jimmy goes for 40 and 10 every night and three steals, so I just don't think that's realistic. I don't think we can expect that from Jimmy. Yeah, he's going to have off nights. This was a really off night. I don't think he'll have a game this bad again, but I see what you're saying. Like, He's not going to be Michael Jordan every single night.
2: I have a couple things to say on that. I don't think Jimmy himself he could put up 40 and t- he could put up a 40 point triple double and I I don't that doesn't guarantee a win for the Heat in my opinion. I think the Nuggets live with Bam Adebayo shooting 25 shots and scoring 26 points on 25 shots. The fact that the Heat couldn't get to the paint or couldn't get to the free throw line at all is a red flag because Jimmy Butler is a guy who when he takes over a game He's scoring 10 to 12, maybe even 10 to 15 points at the free throw line. And they're going to need to get to the free throw line and make the Nuggets foul them so they bench their players if they want to beat them. I think it's going to take Jimmy having a monster game, Bam doing what he did last night every single game, and also Miami having to shoot the ball if they want to win one or two games. Like shooting the ball, I mean, like over 35% from three, which is hard to do consistently. Miami has shown that they've done it.
1: Yeah, and Jordan. Not to mention, you talked about um, how all the role players for Miami kind of had off games, and that's why they lost last game. Not not that's the only not that's not the only reason why. But you mentioned that, um, assumedly in the beginning or in the future that they're gonna have, you know, better games and they're gonna, uh, the Heat will eventually be able to pull one. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was two for eleven from three last night and five for sixteen from the field. That's not gonna happen very often. He's he's a lot better shooting from the field Um, you can have I I felt I feel like Jokic was not looking to score at all really he was really looking to pass and Jamal wasn't really you know putting on his best performance he was two for seven from three so they didn't shoot the three that well either I really think that um, as lady is talking about that Denver has a lot more to give on the offensive end and that's why they can um, really push the series I think it's going five I'm not giving it the sweep yet but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a sweep. Um, and then at, to Buttsy's point, I mean, the Butler thing, I think, yes, he's good. I think it's way too early to be like, if is Jimmy Butler good? Jimmy Butler is very good. Um, I think the all-star thing is about him not, not trying during the regular season. And then I think he is. Gonna, you are going to need some crazy performances from him, but you're also going to need those role players to step up. And I think the defense of the Nuggets and their role players is too good because, I mean, let's face it, they were attacking against the Celtics team. They were attacking an, a relatively either aging or injured Marcus Smart on the wing, an injured Malcolm Brogdon. Um, Jimmy was attacking Derek White on the on the switch, and then you know Grant Williams here and there, and then not to mention the aging Al Horford and injured Rob Will. So I mean they had the opportunities to really go off as role players. So I I don't know. I I think I think this Denver series is pretty set in what's going to happen in my opinion
0: yeah i if you don't think the free throw thing is going to change i got news for you yeah but that's
1: only an addition of like i mean i guess 13 more points but most likely but i mean i don't i don't think that bam bam is going to have another 26 point game no
0: no no obviously the same things aren't going to happen every night but i'm saying it's not just the free throws it's the attacking the basket and that starts with Jimmy Butler. Like I said, he was passive. He was straight up off. Um, I think, I I don't know what it was. If it's tight, if he's tired, if it was the altitude, if he just, if he thought the other guys were going to keep shooting the shit out of the ball and he didn't have to do too much, he, he needed to do more last night and he wasn't aggressive enough. There was a play he came off. It might've been a pick. It might've just been like a dribble in and he was like right above the elbow and just didn't even look at the hoop like no one near him and i i literally screamed shoot the ball jimmy and he just passed it off um so does, i was confused
2: range too front rim front, like it looked yeah
1: short
0: yeah i i think they're probably going to lose um the next game i think denver's in an, an impossible place to play i think they get um game 3 in miami and then game 4 goes either way and i think game 5 goes either way so jimmy's going to play way better He's going to start attacking the rim. He's going to start getting to the foul line. And when Jimmy gets to the foul line, everyone gets more open shots because they start collapsing. And then other people get driving lanes, too, because they're trying to run them off the line. So I think this free throw thing is huge. You shoot two free throws for a team that relies on getting to the line and relies on Jimmy Butler um, scoring a lot of points. Like I said, I mean, I don't know if you guys listen too hard to my monologue. I know it was really profound and intelligent but it's it seems like you kind of missed what i was saying in my in my rant about the heat i'm not saying that they're gonna win the series but this was basically as bad as it could have gone
1: yeah but i think you discounted that it wasn't like denver had their greatest offensive performance either
0: that's true um mpj two for 11 from three but i thought he played great to be honest i really did He played great defensively, and he had um he dunked like on Bam. He got a putback dunk too. I thought it was good. He was aggressive. It's the Caleb Martin, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson thing for me. Plus the Jimmy Butler. I think that outweighs the Nuggets not shooting amazing from three for me. Yeah,
2: I will. Nice. I'll say this too. He outscored the Nuggets by ten points in the fourth quarter. I'd say I don't know. Maybe five of those points were kind of like garbage time points, like under two minutes, and they. Threw up a couple threes and hit them. They were they still lost this game by double digits, and they outscored the Nuggets by ten points in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, this game was over after the third. the The Heat were like they were like seven for twenty seven or something from three going into the yeah, fourth, they and then it up. and then they made a couple late, which didn't matter.
1: Um, Jordan, I noticed that Jimmy Butler tweaked his ankle at the end of Game Seven. Do you think that had anything to do with the performance?
0: Yeah, I mean it could, but. I just thought he looked. I I don't think he looked like slow or hobbled or anything. I just thought he looked passive. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's what's more scary. It's like one thing if he's looking slow or hobbled because slow probably altitude, hobbled probably the leg. But if he's looking passive, you can almost say that's uh, part of the defensive, you know, scheme from Denver. That no, that
0: I way. I disagree with that. I mean, Buttsy said it too, Jimmy has off games and i think when you're exerting that much energy night in and night out sometimes you got to pick your spots this was one where jimmy just didn't have it and i think game one it's the it's the old lebron feel out game you don't need game one in denver
2: Uh, oh don't even Uh, (laughs) even. put him to bed put him to bed also buncy what are you watching dude what are you watching
3: just got a little MLB parlay going. Watching a little Marlins baseball. <laughs> you guys ever Watch oh little a little Marlins A's baseball man. game. Marlins uh, well, A's got,
1: baseball game. I got the Marlins money
3: line in a parlay, and then I also have the over in that game in another parlay. Uh, Marlins just hit a two run bomb at the end, uh, at the bottom of the first inning, so we're sitting pretty. Um,
2: Summers in New Hampshire. Like, oh, yeah. you feel About <laughs> yeah. that Chris
1: Sale injury last night, but
3: uh, he's always it. I mean, he's gonna he's he gets surgery every fucking year. That yeah. guy lives in that it got that guy lives in an MRI machine. But um. To, to Jordan's point, like he, he just looks passive way too often for me, you know, like for me to say, Jimmy's that guy and he he's that number one guy or can be like a number one guy on an NBA championship team. Like he looks passive too often. Like I felt like it was three games in a row against the Celtics where, you know, my dad said the same thing. It was just like, why, why doesn't he score? Like, why doesn't he try to score? Why doesn't he try to fucking put this team to bed? Um. So that, that's all I was saying. Um. I think it's more of just a is Jimmy like the number one guy on a championship winning team. I, I think that's actually a, a, an interesting question.
0: That sounds like a TikTok to me. Oh boy, perfect! Um, <laughs> I love it. I I
3: love I love the hate. Uh, clearly, the pod uh, benefited from yeah. not only the TikTok but the. <laughs> The the downloads went up significantly after my Draymond rant. So I'm going to stay with it. I hope percent probably <laughs> had zero downloads the day before, but yeah. <laughs> just gonna stay with the going to stay with the hot takes. And honestly, there's some uh, validity to what I'm saying.
0: Okay, so let me get this straight. We have Max, the prisoner of the moment guy. Okay. Butsy, the hot take guy. Jordan, the handsome, smart, funny, oh, yeah,
2: talented okay, Jordan, guy. No, Jordan is the zagger,
3: dude. The, Jordan's the, the a zagger. Hater, the He's hater, actually the people. Lakers' The Lakers meat rider. Yeah,
0: nugget hater. Yeah,
3: the,
2: the, I, bring, Lakers, I bring some reason and logic to the pod. Yeah.
0: Letty's like the special guest we let on because we feel bad
1: for him. No, okay. Jeez, Jordan, Jordan's the dickhead. That's what Jordan's hot. hot. <laughs> Jordan's on fire. Don't let Jordan cook. Jordan's the asshole. Um, okay, any other thoughts from this game before we talk about the coaching changes? Can we talk about yeah,
2: yeah. how oh. explosive the Nuggets offense is? And can we stop about can we talk about how they're unstoppable? Are we yeah. un- <laughs> or Are we just gonna keep saying that the heat have a chance? It's because-
3: implied. It's implied at this point, Len. This <laughs> offense is so <laughs> fucking good. The fact that they put up 103 and or 104 and one by eleven is nuts. Like, I don't think they will put up 104 points in this series again. Like, I will be shocked yeah. if you see them hover around anywhere under one ten, We fact literally
1: that... go ahead, Max. The fact that anyone can just go to the dunker spot and then Jokic just finds them right there. Like with the pass that somehow gets them to like cut. I don't know the way that he passes the ball makes it. So we have to step around your defender and grab the ball right where you need to go. And then just go up and dunk it. I mean, Jamal Murray had that perfect, like it was a perfect pass from Jokic, perfect catch. And he just dunks it right up. And then Gordon had like six in a row. Um, MPJ had the, one. I'm sure Bruce Brown had one. It was, back cuts. it was the backcuts. It was the backcuts. They couldn't yeah. they the heat could not switch on the backcuts.
3: Exactly. Which just left uh the you know Aaron Gordon with a mismatch. Or if they did switch, it left Aaron Gordon with a mismatch. Or if they didn't switch Jamal Murray or Aaron Gordon or whoever the fuck was wide open in the paint right under the hoop.
2: Yeah. It's either you let up a backcut or you trail Jamal Murray off a screen who will just hit a three in your face.
3: Exactly. He's been playing out of his fucking mind. I mean, but he has been. Looks. He's so getting good. great oh, He's of course. Great shots like Gabe Vincent can't hang with him.
1: Also, um, one thing that really stuck out to me was the fact that the Heat. I felt I I, I couldn't find a metric on it. I was looking it up, but basically, um, it, I wanted to see like what the average time in the shot clock was that the Heat were taking their their shots because it seemed like they were getting all their shots off at least seven or uh, I guess later in the shot clock because they were really running out of time. Whereas Denver, even when they were taking their time, they're getting their shots off at like 10 and below in the shot clock. Um, and then sometimes even earlier, but like with good shots. So the, like Miami was really, it felt like exhausting their offensive playbook to try and get some stuff going. And they really were having a tough time getting stuff going. So, yeah,
0: we were um last night like after the first quarter we started comparing the Nuggets to past NBA champions rather than talking about the game in this series so <laughs> if there's a if there's a panel that doesn't believe in the Heat it's this one I just want to know let's go down the line I have Nuggets in 6 let's hear everyone's updated prediction and see if anyone switched I'll Max. start
1: Nuggets in 5 okay
2: I think I had 5 too
3: I got it at five as well.
1: Okay, so no one switched, right? Yeah,
3: I had, no,
2: him, I, I had him in six or seven. Uh, okay, Letty
0: switched. Yeah.
3: <laughs> By the way, um, I, Vegas odds. I don't know if we have any gamblers on this on this panel. I think we might have a few. Um, on this the panel, Nuggets we went to gambling like... Gambling every day. <laughs> <night>. <laughs> uh, that's the joke, Max. Uh, I think the Nuggets were minus like oh, 730 oh. now. Oh, thanks, Led. I think the Nuggets yeah. are minus 730 after last <laughs> night's win. So if you are a heat believer like Jordan Dyer um and you want to throw just <laughs> a, a small a small maybe a quarter unit maybe an eighth of a unit on the heat to win the title
0: I think that wouldn't be a bad value bet
2: sprinkle sprinkle something I sprinkle just
0: bit. I just said that I had them at 6 so I'm not going to do that and I know Max wanted to change his pick so bad to four but he's
1: trying not to be the game one the reaction guy I'm not, I'm not guy. four cuz I can <laughs> see the game the game not a person uh, uh, at the moment I can see Game Four in Miami being one that they that Denver loses. So you think they go up three three zero? Yeah, I can see that happening for sure. I see that one more likely than going up two one in my opinion. But, wow! All right. Fair. Um, Mikey from the Upper Cup podcast bought himself a one way ticket. He lives in Delaware. He bought himself a one way ticket to Miami as a resident Miami fan, and he's going to the Miami home game by himself. <laughs> so I'm a pretty very sad. Excited That's really sad. Yeah, it's going to be interesting though. He said, I mean. His logic made sense. He's like, no one else is a Miami fan. I couldn't find anyone to go with me. The tickets were like 500 bucks. Oh, why was it one way? I mean, (laughs) well, not one way. Sorry. I meant like, I don't know what I meant, but yeah, he, he bought the, uh, it's a, I meant one whole trip by himself, not one way, but, um, yeah, so he's going on that. I'm excited to talk to him about that, but yeah. Any final thoughts on this game before we take a quick break and then talk about the coaching hires for various teams?
2: Yeah, I guess I'll bring us home. Um, the Heat have to attack and they have to get someone in foul trouble the only way they win a, I think the only way they win one or two games in this series is if they get a Michael Porter Jr. or an Aaron Gordon or even a Jokic so one of the matchup nightmares of big men, one of those three guys that they have, get him in foul trouble make Jeff Green play and just limit the Nuggets offensively like the Nuggets have four shooters on the court at all time with their starting five out there and Bruce Brown and they're impossible to guard, especially with the passing of Jokic. You have to get, you have to like make Christian Brown beat you or make Jeff Green beat you make a role player step up. Cause they're just too good offensively to win against their starting five.
1: Yeah. I completely agree with you there. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't like the Jeff Green slander, but other than that, I'm all over, <laughs> I'm all over the, uh, that point for sure. Big, Jeff big Green, Uncle Jeff Green guys on Uncle, this pod. Uncle Jeff Green. You know, he he played all right for the, the Celtics. Arguably better than Brown on the Celtics. If you want Boy. Jeff
0: Green to beat you, Jeff Green will beat you. Yeah. You'll <laughs> dunk on your head at
1: 39 years old or whatever he is. He's fucking um, old. All right. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk about the coaching changes. All right. We're back with just Butsy and Jordan, and we're going to be talking about where the various coaches have been hired and then the teams, or I guess just team that needs a coach, as well as just some other coaching news in general. So we're going to start off with um, Frank Vogel tonight. It is June 2nd that we're recording. He agrees to a deal to go to the Suns to be their new head coach, which I thought was pretty interesting. I didn't even know he was necessarily, like, really in the running for it. Um, I thought it was going to be a different guy. But Frank Vogel, he brings a lot of experience to this team. I actually like this hire for them. Um, he's obviously had to coach stars before with LeBron and LA. So it's going to be, that's good experience, um, handling KD and Devin Booker. I assume he's going to make some changes to this roster. Maybe he doesn't though. Um, maybe he stays with DeAndre Ayton and tries to break through with him, but I thought this was a good hire for the Suns in the, and yeah, we'll start with that. We'll go with you, Butsy first. How did you feel about Frank Vogel to the Suns?
3: I think this is a great hire. Like you said, Max, he's had a ton of experience. And not only that, he's had a ton of experience with, uh, you know, coaching superstars, which he has two of in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Uh, This team still needs a lot of work if they're going to contend in the West next year, Um, not, not kind of personnel wise, not, sorry, not with who they have, but who they need to get. Uh, I still think there are a couple of pieces of way from, from touching the nuggets and um, getting it up into that upper echelon of big word, uh, SAT word of the West. Um, so I think they got a little ways to go, but I think Frank Vogel a great start um, looking forward to what he, uh, to what he could do with this team in the off season.
1: Yeah. Jordan.
0: I think it's a good hire, um, but I still don't know if the firing of Monty Williams was really necessary. I don't yeah. know. I'm maybe you on just, that one. maybe you just get a new face in there. And honestly, I didn't like the way the Suns ran offense, but it's not like Monty had a ton of time with that team to like, really install stuff and and try out new wrinkles. So I would have given Monty all of next year, especially with how good he was in the past. But Vogel, I mean, it's tough to tell when you're coaching a LeBron-led team like he did in L.A., how much is coaching and how much is LeBron. I feel like we never really know. And sometimes with LeBron, the coaches are very hands-off. And maybe I, I kind of saw Vogel in that light. Um, but he has won a championship, so he knows what it takes to get there. I think it's it's great experience, and I the only thing I'm looking for out of him is to see a little bit more creativity for the Suns' offense. And I'm curious to see what he does there, because I think that was the glaring weakness for them. Obviously, they didn't have a ton of great personnel other than KD, Booker, um, CP, and if you want to argue Aiden. But they, they weren't deep. Beyond that, there was coaching adjustments that I think needed to be made in terms of the offensive scheme. So we'll see if Vogel could do that. Um, but overall, I mean, I don't I don't know a whole lot about the way he coaches. I just think it's a good hire and a good guy to get in there with experience.
1: Um, So the point that you made about LeBron and him being a coach, I think he really differs from KD in that way, because you're totally right. LeBron is the coach of your team. You're you're a puppet coach. For lack of a better term, LeBron is gonna be the GM, the coach, and the owner. So he's gonna make the moves, and he's gonna, for better or worse, you know, coach the team, pick who he wants on his team, and do all that stuff. KD, and he said it himself, and he's admittedly this—he's just a hooper, right? That's his kind of go-to phrase. Is that I just play, I just play basketball. I'm just a hooper. I just want to hoop. Um, he doesn't really want to do anything of that nature he wants to play with whoever and win more than anything and just go and play basketball i don't think he's the type of guy that's going to grab the clipboard out of your hand um, in a regular season game and sit down and tell you the x's and o's and tell you where to go i think he's going to allow you to coach and that's why i think frank vogel is really good for this because he has experience with he, he coached magic teams he coached another team i forget off the top of my head before that um, where he was relatively successful in both areas obviously the magic team wasn't great but their personnel wasn't great either But to me, I think he's a great hire there. And I think that's the difference between coaching KD and LeBron. LeBron is everything, and you're not really coaching. Like you said, KD allows for you to actually coach. So bringing in an X and O's guy like Frank Vogel, and that's what he is he's a really smart um, NBA guy, a really smart X's and O's guy. um, And he has actually, you know, actual plays that he draws up and things of that nature. Um, I think bringing that in for this team is really good. And then he has that kind of experience that he can bring to a guy like DeAndre and, and younger guys to, um, you know, build up what, they're, what, what they should be and things of that nature. Um, just a quick side note, I think the Suns team, like the way that they're built, is going to be how future super teams are built under the new CBA. We can get into that a lot later, but I think that's kind of, unfortunately, the mold that teams are going to be looking to go for. Because I don't know if you guys looked in at this new CBA rules, but it's going to be very hard to build really meaningful teams in the future um, under their new rules. But that's just a side note. Um, speaking of Monty Williams, he signs a huge contract, I believe six years, to Detroit. I thought this was a crazy hire. I didn't hear this coming out of anywhere. I didn't think this was going to happen. But I give this an A-plus hire for Detroit. I I love this pick. You guys, we all love Monty Williams on this podcast as a coach. Um, so to see him go to Detroit – I think this is a step in saying that they're actually consult. I think they're going to begin to consolidate talent and try and get, um, try and start making playoff runs and start getting, um, older, wiser players. Um, sort of kind of like an OKC run this season to the play-in. I think that's where they're looking. Um, but you know, obviously with older players, so we'll start with you, Jordan. How did you feel about the Monty Williams to the Detroit hire?
0: I think it's a great hire, and I think six years is a long time, and I think that's awesome. I think. So many times you see the coaching carousel with teams where a guy comes in, team's not successful right away, guy gets fired, bring in a new guy. Same thing happens over and over again, unless they win a championship. I think six years is, if they keep him for that whole contract, I think that is awesome. Obviously there's no guarantee in the NBA especially, but I I kind of think they will because they're so young. And I think the Pistons just got their guy for the foreseeable future with Monty Williams who can take this young team from – young and experienced and talented to you know develop them into real eventual contenders for an NBA title. So I think it's a phenomenal hire. I'm excited to see what Detroit does um kind of not not deep into the future but further on than the next few years.
1: For sure, Butsy.
3: Yeah, I I don't want to repeat anything Jordan just said, but I completely agree. Uh I saw something interesting today and I think it's a good transition. Um it was the Ime and Jalen Green combo with the Monty Williams and Cade Cunningham combo. Mm-hmm. Uh it's gonna be a fun a fun duo for I guess they had a rivalry back in high school. Um yeah. so I, I think people were looking for that to be reignited with two great uh young coaches as well. Um so let's kind of transition there, unless you have anything more to say about um, um Monty.
1: Was their rivalry dates back to there's that video, I believe it's Cade, and he walks up to Jalen and like Touch, like slaps him in the face, at the basketball. Court. It's a yeah. It's a very very that's, old video, but yeah, that's that video, right? And it's Cade doing that. I think so. Yeah, that kind of was surprising me because it seemed like that was out of Cade's nature to kind of do that. But I'm pretty sure that's where that that actual like beef stems from.
3: They had some crazy high school beef and two of the greatest high school prospects we've ever seen. I mean, those guys were fucking freak athletes in high school.
1: Yeah. Um. All right. So then Nick Nurse goes to the Sixers. Um, I thought this was an interesting hire. This is probably the one that I was, like, the – not, like, the like I guess the lowest on. Um, I like Nick Nurse. Um, I think he obviously can manage superstars really well. I think anyone who takes that Philly job is in for a shit show, so it makes sense that they brought in a veteran coach. But, I mean, Nick Nurse, he obviously got old really quickly in Toronto and no one wanted to listen to him anymore, and that's kind of why he had to leave. I'm interested in seeing what happens. Um, he's already had kind of a bad start. He was in Philly, and they were asking him what what is he if James Harden's going to stay, and he's like James Harden, and he kind of like gives like a no answer. And then the reporter's like, "Well, you actually you didn't answer the question. Like answer it." So it's already a little bit awkward there with Nick Nurse. I'm interested in seeing how he handles the Philly media and this kind of a mess of a Philly team. Um, I think it's a really tough position to put him in but i do think he is a really solid coach i just thought this was kind of an interesting hire i would have thought maybe there are coaches that might be more well respected by players such as monty to take that position but then again maybe monty was smart enough to not take this spot so we'll start with you butsy how did you feel about the nick nurse to the sixers hire
3: i thought it was interesting um for all the reasons that you said but i i think it's a it's going to be interesting to see how it fits um yeah. like he's a great coach going into an already pretty solid team people thought that you know if they were able to get by the Celtics they would have a shot at the title um it's gonna be interesting I think it's a unique fit I think it's something that's gonna take a little gelling uh and getting used to yeah
1: well the thing with Nurse too I just thought of sorry to cut you off is that he's very like stubborn and he him and Pascal Siakam were really knocking heads because of the way that he wanted to run things and if that makes you think of any other players that's probably what Joel Embiid and James Harden in terms of Guys that are willing to knock heads with their head coach um, over play calls and the way that they run the team. And that's why I feel a little bit scared, as you do as well, um, or more interested so in terms of how this works in Philly. Because if anyone is going to knock heads with the coach, it's going to be James Harden with Nick Nurse and vice versa.
3: Yeah, but you need that. Like you, well, yeah. you need a coach that is well respected and and you know the players always turn to like you look at all these past champions, uh even Vogel had like more respect than I guess we would have thought a Lakers team or like a LeBron led team would have had. Um, but like Kerr, Bud in Miami, uh, Bud in um Milwaukee. fucking Milwaukee when they won. Um you look at Michael Malone now. I mean, all the like he's been there for a very long time and he's and he's built what the Nuggets have. Um, so I, I think bringing in a guy who's respected, obviously NBA championship uh, coach of the year as well. Um, I think bringing in a well-respected guy to kind of start leading this team. Uh, obviously, Doc had zero respect from the entire city of Philly. And I don't think he earned the respect of the players as well. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do now with a um, with a, I guess, a pretty good leader of a head coach.
1: Yeah. Jordan, how do you feel about the Nick Nurse hire? So. The Doc thing is kind of weird.
0: I don't know if he really lost the locker room. I think that's kind of Doc's thing is that he's respected by his players more than a lot of coaches can say, I think. I think the thing with Doc was the Philly media, obviously, the the fans, and just the, the track record. Well, I think um, it was
1: Harden number one that lost him.
0: Yeah, I, I, I buy that, but I just think Harden – Is an easy guy to lose. Like, I don't blame Doc. Do you?
1: So, the report that I heard on, like, this granted this was on Twitter, but it sounded like at the end of the game, Doc's job was all right. And then there was pushing from the Harden end in the coming days. Like, they had meetings from the Harden side of things, whether that was his agents or Harden himself. And then right after that, it got announced that Doc and the team parted ways. So, from that area it sounds like Harden Harden's end was sort of the one that pushed Doc out of town in Philly
0: I mean listen like Harden didn't show up in four of the or probably four of the seven games in that Celtics series and it's I, I mean if you're anyone on the Sixers who wants the coach fired who wants someone else to take the blame wouldn't you be James Harden like wouldn't that be the guy so I don't know I'm not I don't put too much weight into that I think it was time for doc to go because i think it was time to get a new face um i i know i just talked about how i don't like the coaching carousel but in doc's case he's just had this track record and these black marks um on his resume for you know pretty much the past 10 years that he can't get past the second round and he can't hold on to playoff leads and i think after this year like the players start to hear that and they start to believe it and i think it's time um to get a new guy in there and as far as Nick Nurse, I like Nick Nurse. I think he's a guy who makes adjustments a lot. I don't know about him as a players coach. I think it's very tough to tell that from the outside um and when you're not in the locker room or in the locker rooms. But I think he's a great X's and O's guy. I think he obviously has the experience. So, I don't I I do like the hire. I think you said it was the one you're lowest on. I think I'd be lower on the Frank Vogel hire just because I think it's harder to tell how smart of a coach Frank Vogel is when his biggest success came, um, with the, you know, the LeBron led team, which again, you can't really pin on him. Like he won the championship. I'm just saying it's hard to tell, um, how much was him and how much was LeBron.
1: Yeah, those are all fair points for sure. Um, all right. The final hire so far that's happened was Adrian Griffin to the bucks. Um, Adrian Griffin was the assistant coach of Toronto. Um, his coaching history is as follows 2008, 2010, he was with the Bucs as an assistant. And then 2010 to 2015, he was with Chicago as an assistant. 2015 to 2016 with Orlando as an assistant. 2016 to 2018 with OKC as an assistant. And then 2018 to present uh, with Toronto as an assistant. He now gets his first head coaching opportunity with the Bucs. This one might be the only reason I'm low on it is I think the Bucks are doing what the Celtics did and they're bringing in um, a new head coach. Granted, I was just it's just under. Say that. Yeah, it's under much worse or much better circumstances rather but if this is who Giannis wanted in the building then it's fine to me um if it's not who Giannis wanted then uh I think that's where the issues start and then I think you should have brought in a proven guy um to lead this team to where they want to go because ideally you're going to be competing for the finals every single year with this personnel on your team so I think obviously we saw it fail with Missoula this year and granted that's due to other circumstances but to me, you bring in an experienced head coach in this situation. But, Jordan, you said you agree. How do you feel about this hire?
0: Well, I agree that it feels like what the Celtics did with Joe Mazzula, and obviously that did not work out very well in the first year. And I think when you're the Bucks and you are consistently, um, you know, a top three contender in the NBA to win the championship, I think it's tough to hire a guy who's never been a head coach and expect him to lead you there. Now that doesn't mean he can't, and that doesn't mean they won't win a championship with him. I just think maybe, like like you, I think I agree that they should have brought in a proven guy. But it's impossible to to say that it's a bad hire. I think it's just a we'll wait and see kind of thing.
1: Yeah, not to mention he does have a ton more experience than Missoula has. He has the resume that I would have liked to see Missoula had or have rather before he started with the Celtics. I mean, he has been an assistant coach since all the way back in 2008. Um, And then he's been with one, two, three, four, five different teams. This will be a sixth. So, I mean, I would have liked to see. I mean, that's the best case scenario if you're hiring a first-time head coach for him to have the track record that he has had so far. Um, I think that kind of, you know, makes up for it a little bit. Butsy, how do you feel about this hire?
3: I'm not going to comment on it because I don't know much about it. Um, to be honest, but you know, we saw how having an assistant played out for Boston this year, how it played out for us, but obviously I like you guys were alluding to, mainly Max, this guy's track record is a lot better than Ime's. Um, but I'm gonna go out on a whim and and I know I've been the most, you know, Emay hater guy. Not Emay, sorry, Joe Missoula hater on fucking planet earth. But you know what? You look at what you know these teams have these teams like The oh my god, my brain's struggling. Sorry. The most recent champions, uh, the Bucks. Budenholzer helped build what the what the The Bucks have. The Warriors. Warriors. Kerr. Oh, I know. I'm talking about past champions. Yeah. Uh, Kerr built what the Warriors have. Uh, Nurse helped build up the Rock. Uh, Raptors. Um, I think that it's time that the Celtics just stick with one fucking guy, and they let it ride. I say that. You know, investing in in little Joe, and I know I said this the other day, and it was on the TikTok. Like this team has so many good years left. I don't know if bringing in someone else is the right move, or do you just stay with Joe? I'm I'm kind of having that little inner battle right now with myself. Um, um but I'm kind of now leading more towards investing in little Joe, uh, investing in second row Joe, that he can learn over these next couple years and uh help elevate this team to the next level.
1: Yeah, um, I I'm with you. I like Joe. I like us sticking with Joe Missoula as our coach. I think this was ultimately worst case scenario for him. Um, I also don't mind three of our assistants have left to Houston to be under Ime. I think that's good get all remnants of Ime out of the building. Restart it with um, a coaching staff tailor-made as best as possible to coach Joe Missoula. I I think that he needs a lot of help, obviously, and I think we'll be okay with him as our head coach. Jordan?
0: I mean – I'm I'm sticking with my original take, which was I would rather Joe not be our coach, but it's it's not um unfathomable that he can improve and that we can bring in assistants that help him out. And now with a, all pretty much all the big names that we had wanted to replace him, like if we had gotten Monty or Nurse, I would have been very excited and I would have been very happy um to to get rid of Joe. But at this point, I think. Yeah. I think we keep him. I think we bring in the assistance. Even if we had gotten Vogel, I think I would have been uh, happy with that because I was just very upset with the way Missoula coached throughout the playoffs, just the lack of adjustments, the lack of creativity on offense, um, the lack of intensity that our team showed. I don't think he's a good coach right now. I think he can get better. I hope he gets better. And I think it's very I think it's imperative that we get experienced guys in there as assistants who help him because he clearly has a smart basketball mind, Missoula. He's clearly um, you know, yeah. capable as an X's and O's guy. I think he just wasn't ready for that spot as the head coach. And I think if we get more experienced guys alongside him, they will help him to, you know, fully take that in and, and be ready for it.
1: Yeah. Um to your point too, right now on the board from my estimation um that leaves mike budenholzer doc rivers kenny atkinson stephan silas and then um becky hammond although she just got suspended so i don't know if any team's gonna bring her in right now isn't she's she a
3: wmba head coach right now too
1: she is but i mean i'm, I'm assuming she would take an nba head coach job because that would make history but she did just get suspended um I do like her, though. I do like her. Um, I just don't know if a team is going to give her one um, for that. But anyways, those are options for either assistant coaches or head coaches. There was only one team from what we found that needs a head coach, and that is Toronto. Um, I'm not even going to comment on their head coaching search because I don't know. One, I don't know if anyone even wants that job right now. It seems like no one really wants it. And two, I can't really tell um, who would take it or what their thing has been like. I just saw a thing saying that they've finalized their – They're kind of they did their final round of interviews today, so it should be soon. Um, But Jordan, what do you think?
0: I just have a question for Butsy to follow up again with the Joe Maz stuff. I know this shouldn't have been a Celtic segment, but of course, we tend to turn it into one. That happens. I think just like as podcasters, like we should probably acknowledge that we were all out on Missoula. Yeah, like a couple days ago. So I just want to ask Butsy, what is the big reason for the complete turnaround? Um, and switch up in terms of Missoula. Is it just what I said with the other coaches being gone, or are you? Is it kind of a come down from the game seven hangover? I don't think it's a
3: full three sixty. I don't know if I'm not. <clears throat> excuse me, all in on Joe. I don't know if I believe in him as much as I'd like to uh, as a head coach, but it's definitely due to the fact that a lot of big names are gone. Um, like Max just said, you're if you're the Celtics, you're not going out and you're you're not going out and getting any of these guys. Like to replace Joe. You're you're just not doing that. Um, but I think it's time that the Celts start building an identity. Um, like I said, they have so many good years left. If we sign Jalen this season to five years and you know, we get Tatum next year for five years, we can really build an identity uh and reestablish kind of what we had with Ema. It might be a different identity, it might be a little different, but sticking to a brand of basketball, a brand of winning basketball, um, I, I think is, is good and, and having a, a consistent head coach. It's definitely a big part of that i think he makes leaps this team with the uh with this team in the off season um i think they go back to the drawing board big time um <clears throat> excuse me sorry, <clears throat> whoa our talent level's there um our talent level's totally there but the the coaching and, and the cohesiveness and the belief that the players had and joe is not um and that obviously was very apparent in the playoffs so uh i i think this was a tough tough way to go out for the celtics obviously but a Big stepping stone for this team and in, in what they need to do to get to the next level, and I think Joe will make strides to 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 elevate this team.
0: Now, for our listeners, that was the more measured and logical version of Buttsy. and yeah. if you go back about two pods, you'll find a very different don't <laughs> version <Please> don't. <laughs> of Please Butsy don't. where he <laughs> called for Joe Missoula's head and possibly talked about trading our whole team, but. I my question is would you have been happy if we had gotten Monty nurse or Vogel
3: yes yes I mean a okay. hundred I mean how could you not like those guys are proven they're coach of the years uh they're they're great they're great NBA coaches and and like with those guys like I said with um with Vogel it's the same thing they've dealt with so much talent before like they know how to coach superstars and how to coach it uh, how to coach talent and how to win so I yes I would probably have been more happy if 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 we had uh one of those guys but with the names off the board now well we have to we stick with joe
0: yeah we're uh we're anti-doc and we're for some reason anti-bud i don't really i'm not so anti-bud but i think for whatever reason i just don't I, i think it's the same issue he just doesn't adjust so
3: a lot of questions there's a lot of questions around bud like i don't really know what kind of coach i'm getting you know he's just
0: a he's a good um he reminds me of Joe. Like he's a good philosophy guy, and he sticks to his philosophy. It's force the other team to shoot a bunch of threes, and if they make them, we lose. Um, and, and he kind of just sticks to that, just like Joe sticks to his philosophy of let's shoot a bunch of threes, and if we miss them, we lose. And there's just kind of a lack of adjustments uh, with both of those guys, so that's kind of why I'm anti Bud.
1: I want to say I want to say I've been on the I've been all right with Maz for the last couple of pods i feel like i've stayed pretty steady. yeah you have to so a- stick with him um and then granted when brad came out and said we are sticking with him i think that kind of solidified the position there
3: i would say so yeah when the, when the gm comes out and says we're sticking with the guy <laughs> i i would say that yeah that solidifies that, the spot as the celtics head coach for next
0: season nothing i can do to change it <laughs> after that uh, max uh, i, I right. do believe you sent a text today saying monty williams to the celtics
1: <laughs> it May have been t- okay for the listeners uh I've had food poisoning, and I got I got my wisdom teeth out, and I've had food poisoning, um. So I've been a little out of it, and a little incoherent, uh, very very drugged up, and I am the one that broke the news to these guys of Monty going to Detroit yesterday, and then also today asked if Monty was coming to the Celtics. So uh, there's that. Um, thanks for bringing that up, Jordan. Appreciate it. <laughs> What's going on, but, on the yes. world, of Max? No, I just want to on? know.
0: Like, are you with Joe, or would you have wanted Monty? I just want to know. No, I'm.
1: I first off, the text meant Monty as an assistant coach to the Celtics is what I want. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Sure. Oh, that is yeah, what I, I wanted. I, well, obviously, <laughs> he would be head coach, but I would want him as. I don't know where I'm going. Oh, with this. Max. Oh, Max, we cut out a little bit. Max, mate, can you can you fill in our listeners? Sorry. Oh, he's um, cutting out
3: hard. You're good. You're good. You're good, you're good now. Okay, good I'm now. back.
1: All right. I um, I guess I wanted. I, I don't know where I want because there's no way Monty would be hired as a an assistant coach. In my mind, it made sense that Monty would be going to the Celtics as an assistant. For yeah, summer. let's put
0: Coach of the Year
1: Monty yeah. Williams under 35 no year old. Jim I, I have a lot
3: of bad takes. Days. I have a lot of bad takes. That's a bad take. I was Max was well,
1: of prescription narcotics for diarrhea, <laughs> and wisdom yeah. teeth removal issues. So <laughs> I'll I'll kind of let that one pass in my opinion. Because that's fair. You get a pass. I mean, you also sent the text right afterwards and said, you literally told us that Monty was going to Detroit. So <laughs> yes, clearly yeah. I was out of it for that. Um, but all right. Any other slander you guys want to put out there? No
3: slander, slander. towards you.
1: There's no okay. slander. I'm just, I'm just messing.
3: Just with me. just calling it like it is. Um, <laughs> I saw a TikTok the other day uh, about Gilbert Arenas, or Gilbert Arenas was talking about
1: uh Fuck no, baby. The Celtics. Let's get him. No, I don't want him on my team. Gilbert Arenas? On this. I don't want him as a coach or anything. If that's what you're going. No, with. what? Yeah, God, no, no. God. He was just, he's,
3: he's part of the media now. Uh, he was doing his podcast and he was talking about the three uh, other Celtics starters, Derek white, uh, Marcus smart and Al Horford um, among, I don't know what this metric was. I don't, I, I'm assuming it's some kind of metric that encapsulates how a player completely plays um, Marcus smart ranked 28th among point guards among starting point guards. Derek White ranked 27th among starting point guards, which kind of doesn't make any sense, but it is what it is. And then Al Horford ranked 29th amongst amongst starting centers or starting power forwards in the NBA or starting centers, I believe. Um, So Gilbert Arenas kind of said that those that we could not, should not expect to win a title with those three players starting um, with Tatum Brown. He said nothing bad about Tatum Brown. Those guys are stars, but those three, he said were the reason that the Celtics didn't win a championship. I I, I found it very interesting. It it got my it got my brain turning a little bit. Got the gears whirling. Well, what the hell? What is the
1: metric? <laughs> I can't yeah. answer if I don't know. What the... <laughs> oh, I don't know what the bad hell podcasting.
0: I <laughs> no, I just don't know like what that mean. Like Smart was the 29th best point guard. I feel like we could definitely name like no, two other point guards. Twenty nine in a
1: specific metric, but he doesn't know the metric off the top of his head. So it could have been like.
0: No, 29th. did he say that? I thought it was just like, oh, I thought he was like, Smart was the 29th, wor- or 29th best overall point guard. Like, there was some like oh, overarching. I, I
1: the video.
3: I he just, okay, so, so all he said, i just, just watch it back real quick. All he said was Marcus Smart out of all 30 starting NBA point guards ranks 27th.
0: Yeah, see, like. In what? I... <laughs> it's a great in, question. In being a point guard, but. How do you
1: quantify that though?
0: That's what I mean. It's a great I, I think question. Silly. I also think Derek White, Shouldn't be compared to point guards, like I feel yeah. like
1: also he doesn't rank in the lot. La- like he's, I would have him over damn near at least 15 other guys as they're starting, too.
3: Or tell you one thing two. though, not taking Marcus Smart over Tyus Jones. <laughs> no, God, I'm not. just not doing that. I'm just not doing that.
0: Well, well Tyus Jones would start on 29 on the yeah. team. <laughs> oh man,
1: I
3: love that callback. Besides, <laughs> besides Golden State, <laughs> ding, ding, ding.
1: we're
0: getting besides Golden State, Portland, <laughs> Dallas, Dallas. Oh man. Cleveland
1: is is that's 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 a Van Gundy quote right or who is that says it I don't know I think it's everyone everyone every single time that John Moran suspended and Tyus Jones starts they're like you know he could really start on (laughs) he puts
3: up like he puts up like a quiet 14 and 10 and everyone's just like this guy is
1: so fucking good
0: yeah anyways I think um no chill Gill was kind of silly for that take (laughs) Yeah, lot of he
3: fun.
1: does. He
0: kind, of, he kind of goes off the rails sometimes. And if you actually watch the series, like it was clearly Tatum and Brown's fault. I don't know. I don't know what he was. Yeah.
1: Watching. Also, Derek White played really well in that series, I thought. I thought yeah, I mean, Smart and Horford so didn't good.
0: didn't play amazing, but Smart had big games and he was just Marcus Smart. And Horford was a little bit Pretty below bad. Horford, but Tatum and Brown were so far below what we expect of them. I don't know how you put that on the other three starters. That that's kind of outrageous. I like that.
1: He's throwing out the word metric, but with no, or not even metric. He's just saying ranks. Just ranks. Like, yeah. Right I, with... I want to see that stat. I don't, yeah, I like, need do you, to find you, also can you even consider like, how can you even really consider Marcus as a point guard? I mean, we use him as a point guard, but really Tatum takes up the ball the majority of the time too. Well,
0: the point is like only one of them can be a point guard. They both start. Yeah. So I that doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, it's really like
0: strange. uh, like like uh, Clay Thompson was ranked as the thirtieth
1: best yeah. NBA center. Yeah, <laughs> like okay, it's, it's I don't <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> well, <they're laughs> no shit. Yeah, that that's kind of a weird. Um, there's a lot of bad takes. Uh, Kendrick uh, Kendrick Perkins is number one for worst takes so far from an NBA what do you player. Do? Just his takes. Oh, this just season. overall, <laughs> just his takes this season have been absolute horrific. Um, he says today, nothing good. He set Celtics Twitter on fire today because he said that he thinks the Celtics should hire Rajon Rondo as an assistant coach. Um, and someone tweeted it out but didn't use that he should hire. They just said that the reports are saying the Celtics are looking at Rajon Rondo as in a, to be added to the assistant coach. And Celtics Twitter was on fire. Um, I ended up downloading the app, Jordan, after our phone call.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fax <facts> deleted Twitter. <laughs>
1: I needed a break. No one break. quits Twitter. At... That's a Rick and Morty quote. I, I Nobody quits break. Twitter. I take a break every now and then cuz I I go on it too much. But all right. Um any other thoughts on anything NBA related before we go? I got a fun thing
3: to fun thing to talk about. Um did you see did you guys see <laughs> Josh Hart's tweet a couple of days yeah. ago? Okay.
1: Yeah, the breast milk one. <laughs> no, I didn't see it.
3: Josh Hart tweeted have y'all ever t- have y'all ever tasted y'all significant others breast milk asking for a friend Jalen <laughs> Brunson responds with no bro no bullshit delete my number <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: that's the right answer and- to that <laughs> and Jalen Brunson put on uh, a twitter of a-, a video of him unfollowing Josh Hart on twitter after <laughs> the fact and put on um instagram and said everyone it's time to unfollow this man
1: immediately he is sick um my favorite yeah. tweet response to that was um it was like Josh Hart is behaving like prime KD on Twitter. And then it shows the KD tweet of Scarlett Johansson. I'll drink your bath water. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty
0: good. Yeah. That, that Josh Hart tweet is super weird. I don't think anyone would ever do that. Right. No one ever. No,
3: no, no way. Right guys. No one would ever even been about doing that, but that's pretty funny though. That he said Alrighty,
1: it. folks, okay. that's spoke good. out, spoke well, out, so out for the minority guys, here. Podcast. Thank you all for listening. We will be back <laughs> later in the week to review Denver versus Miami game two. Possibly with Letty, possibly not. Hopefully he comes back. But yeah, No NHL well, preview? I mean stick and US stick and puck. They haven't been they haven't been posting, but all right. Uh, uh, I got the big I got the golden knights, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean I'm not a huge I, I despise Matthew Kachuk, so I'm going Golden Knights with you, Butsy. But I like that. Alrighty. Uh, yeah, we'll be back later. Thank you all for yeah. listening. And shorty, was so with y'all? hi.
0: Coming to say you
1: look fine.
0: We got to cut it off.
1: Nobody kidding, fuck on
0: my line. I'ma keep it up, up with y'all. But well, shot I'm trying, trying to, to make your mind. Don't make yeah. it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, yeah. can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think up wonder. the lotto. This low mulatto. She
2: could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think up wonder. the lotto. Yeah, this low mulatto. Oh, yeah. She yeah. could be a
0: model.